How do you watch TV? If you ask the average person in their 20s, there's a good chance they won't say cable. The rise of standalone streaming services like Netflix, HBO Now, and Amazon Prime Video have made it possible to get great content online without a cable subscription. On this week's episode of Generation App, we'll go over the pros and cons of cutting the cord and what it means for the future of cable TV. From GeekWire.com, this is Generation App, the show where millennials school tech dinosaurs on the apps and services we love. We have GeekWire co-founder Todd Bishop, reporter James Risley, and GeekWire contributor Frank Catalano here. I'm your host, Monica Nicholsberg, and today we're talking about cutting the cord. Getting rid of cable. (laughs) I did it two years ago. This is one of my favorite topics. It is a frightening topic, and I don't think it's really doable long-term. That's my take. uh, Oh, wow. Uh, We're going to go at it, Frank. Long-term for someone who's maybe only 25 years old is a different story. Well, I'm really looking forward to jumping into some of those opinions. But before we start, I want to give a little bit of background on what cutting the cord means for people who don't know. Cutting the cord refers to ditching your cable subscription in favor of streaming services, smart TV devices, and even TV antennas. Studies show that anywhere between 20 and 70% of millennials don't have cable and are pretty content without it. Many people across generational divides say abandoning cable is liberating and cost-effective, but others argue you miss out on features like sports and live programming without a cable subscription. So before we jump in, we're going to hear from some Seattle millennials about how they watch TV. I don't think it's necessary at all. It's not worth paying for for me. Um, I would say streaming services like Netflix and HBO are definitely more worth it for me because I can watch it off my laptop, in my bed, anywhere if I'm on campus if I need to. If, if everything unbundled, it would be way more worth it. I think being, not being able to choose the different TV stations really is a hindrance. I mean, if I have 100 channels, I probably only use 10 of them at the most. Um, so I know HBO is doing the unbundle. Uh, I think if they are already aren't killing it, they're going to um, because HBO just constantly puts out great shows and their content is amazing. Uh, I have a Netflix subscription. I don't have a Hulu subscription because I'm not a huge like binge TV show watcher that aren't on the major networks. Uh you know, I don't actively pursue the watching series through streaming. I just kind of, I want to watch it live, actually, as shows are happening. I like to experience it with everybody, be able to provide commentary on social media. So I kind of, I really value watching shows um, as they happen, um, opposed to watching or catching up on them. I do not have cable. I occasionally use my boyfriend's, like, digital antenna, but mostly I watch Netflix. The only thing I've, the only people that I've seen that really care about cable is people who are really into sports. I miss it mostly for all the sports. Like I love being around my parents' house because there's just constantly um, American football or soccer or something on the television. And I, I, I didn't play a ton of sports growing up, but I really love the community and I love like watching them and getting really technical about it. Um, so I do miss having just the option to do that because I feel like I would do it a lot more if cable was around my house. The whole unbundling, I, I think specifically like with HBO being on its own, I think it's it's great. And it, it just makes you less attached and a little bit more committed uh, and brand allegiant to those specific channels, which I think is really important. I think there's plenty of channels out there that wouldn't survive in the market if everything was unbundled. Uh, and maybe that's like a survival of the fittest or will incentivize them to make better content. Um, but I, I think that's hopefully where everything goes i know the cable companies kind of rule that market and they'll make that final decision um but as 
specifically ESPN, I know ESPN is like the champion, right? Because that's that's what pulls so many people in. And when they unbundle, I think that'll be a really significant moment within the industry of, you know, is this going to be the same thing that happened with iTunes and the music companies? And when they all came out and, you know, with all these different streaming apps, really disrupting an old industry. So I'm excited to see because it's about time. All right. We just heard from Kendall Fighter, Connor Kaysen, Anna de Blasi, and Claire McGrain. Now I want to kick it over to our guests. James and Todd, I know you guys have cut the cord, so how do you watch TV? Uh, you know my favorite way to watch TV? There's these things called rabbit ears, and <laughs> there's an HDTV antenna. Seriously, an HDTV antenna. I It cost me, I think, $25 at Fred Meyer, and I get probably 60 to 70% of the TV that I need for free over the air. That's my number one answer. You know, that's, this is one of the things I love about cutting the cord is that it's caused this resurgence of TV antennas, which like, who, who thought that was going to happen? <laughs> you know, I, I bought one. I have switched to that input on my TV, I think, twice since I hooked it up. So for me, someone who has kind of cut the cord from birth, uh, you know, <laughs> when I moved out of my parents' house, well, I cut the cord. Uh, <laughs> even earlier, the umbilical one. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I I don't I, I don't really miss the uh, the live TV aspect that I think that you're filling with with uh, rabbit right. ears. I I never it, use those. I watch all my TV through my Xbox actually. Oh, interesting. See, for me, it actually made me go a little retro. So we actually have the the six p.m. news viewing hour in my house. We watch the NBC nightly news followed by a half hour of King 5 News at 6.30. Your, your best choice for news at 6.30. Do you have your Swanson's TV dinner on a tray in front of you? <laughs> Only once a week. Wow, but so you actually sit down to watch TV broadcast through your an- antenna at 6 p.m. with your whole family. Yes. That is extremely I've retro. been accused of potential child abuse for having my five-year-old watch the national news, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, what's funny is I've tried the uh, the antenna as well for HD channels. I bought an amplified one. Those are a little bit more expensive, but they pull in more channels for about 40 bucks. And I honestly found that the quality was kind of off and on living in the city with signal bounce. So I stuck with cable. Interesting. Yeah. So... You you are only pers- the only person still connected to the cord right now. Although I, for the first time in many years, I'm about to get cable, and I still don't know how I feel about it. Now the thing too is I always have a trouble with that terminology, cutting the cord, because what you're really doing is cutting the cord just for TV. That's you're right. not cutting that. You need a cord for cable internet, you know, for <laughs> some kind of internet, whether it's a fiber or whatever else. So what I did in my case was I said, okay, how much money am I giving to Comcast that I would like to get back again? Now, there's some strategies where people will, like, every six months or so, they'll call, threaten to cancel, get a promotional rate. I just don't have the time, energy to do that kind of thing. So I basically went with the cheapest possible package that included some cable channels. And that's about – that's uh, called Blast Plus. But basically, it's the high-speed internet. Plus, for about 10 bucks a month or more, you get a whole bunch of digital channels. And that worked for me. I think that's smart. And the other thing that people should really do if they're planning to – because the whole idea here is to trim your monthly cable bill. And the first thing you really need to do to make that happen is to buy your own cable modem. If you're serious about this, you can save anywhere from 10 to $12 a month. You know, more than $100 a year doing that just alone. So it really, it, it's not so much about cutting the cord necessarily, although you can go to that ultimate end. It, it's more about trying to figure out, am I am I spending too much? And if so, how can I cut back? I know. I, but, you know, 
as somebody who's about to get cable for the first time in many years, you know, my boyfriend loves to watch sports, so we're going to do it. But even just my first interaction with Comcast trying to get it set up, when I told them I had my own router and modem, my own equipment, was so frustrating because all they try to do is sell you when you're asking for technical support. That is my biggest problem with Comcast. Well, that and they're horribly opaque on pricing. If you really try to figure out what's available at a certain price and you're not willing to say where you live specifically, they just they throw things at you that may not be appropriate. It's like trying to find a decent airfare on Delta. It's it's really <laughs> opaque and difficult. But, but to, to your point, Monica, the, I, th- I actually think that Comcast needs to revisit its policies. And I realize this would cause issues for their revenue. It would cut into their revenue. But I think there should be a firewall between technical support and sales. And when I call up for technical support, the person who answers that call and who tries to help me get through my issue should not simultaneously be be trying to upsell me. I I think that's fundamentally flawed and not in the interest of the consumer. I'd agree. And Monica, also, since you're looking at getting cable now, I should point out that my limited package of digital cable channels from Comcast for the extra 10 bucks a month over just buying high-speed internet doesn't include everything I need. I mean, I still have a Netflix subscription. Uh, I still use uh, Amazon Prime. I still use other sources. And it doesn't include live sports, you know, like ESPN, which drives my uh, spousal unit crazy because she's a big Seahawks fan. Yeah, so I think this is the most common argument I hear from people who stick with cable is the sports thing. The fact that sports isn't unbundled, you can't get it on its own. And so, Todd and James, do you guys? how do you watch sports, if at all? Sling TV. So uh. I subscribe to Sling TV, and they have a great ESPN package. Now, this gets, it gets complicated. I have a conspiracy theory that because I have my own cable modem, Comcast is, um, what's the right word, screwing with me. Because that's the technical term. That's the technical term. I, my, I, I've, I've gone through multiple configurations, multiple support calls, and you know this is why I have the experience with the combined sales slash support call. Um, but at any rate, and the reason I bring it up is because it makes Sling TV difficult to watch if you don't have a very strong internet connection. And But, but Sling TV is the way that I get my sports. Uh, you know, go back to this. So much of the major sporting events, like the Olympics will be coming up later this summer, so much is on broadcast TV. I think people forget how much is there for free. And it's liberating to realize that you don't have to pay for any of this stuff. You just got to pay with your eyeballs watching the ads. It's quite a concept. The way I watch sports, someone who's not a huge fan of any particular sport, I do like the other Hawks, the Blackhawks, the Chicago Blackhawks, the hockey team. I use my parents. Uh, account, which what, is the old, the old fashioned <laughs> way to get streaming TV, you know, just find your parents' account. So you you do like ESPN streaming with yeah, their cable it's, account. It's Comcast Sportsnet is the usual <clears throat> place I log in for so. the Comcast people listening in on this call. It's R I S L E Y James Risley. <laughs> <laughs> well, they may they may put a different name on his next bill if he's not careful. <laughs> oh yes, exactly. There's that. But you do so you do the same thing as me when I like to call it kind of like millennial moochers. Um, I have a whole setup going, and I don't. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to admit I don't pay for any of it. But I've got my parents HBO Go, my parents Netflix, my sister's Hulu Plus, and you know, between all these people, I have a pretty sweet setup. I haven't felt like I really needed cable up until now. 
Well, see, not, not everybody's quite in your position. I consider myself a, a double millennial, I guess is the best way to think of it. You're like one millennial and, stacked on yeah, top of the other. And if, and if I were to use my parents' accounts, I'd have a little 13-inch black and white TV in my home. <laughs> but, you know, also Netflix recently uh, estimated, I think, that about a third of their U.S. subscribers were actually mooching off somebody else of their viewers. There have been a number of n- numbers tossed about, but it's been pretty significant. So what you're doing, Monica, is not atypical. No, it's not. Although, you know which service really annoys me is, I mean, who am I to complain because I'm not paying for it myself, but Hulu Plus, you pay for it and you still have to watch ads and only one person on the account can watch at a time. I was trying to watch something the other night and my sister, which she was using it, she's entitled to, it's her account, (laughs) but still... If you're paying for something, I feel like you should get some sort of premium service. They do have the ad-free version, though. For $12.99. I tried it out, and I cannot go back. I pay the $12.99. Really? I love it. I watch so much more almost live TV. Commercials are the worst things. Like, (laughs) I hate commercials. They're repetitive. They're demeaning. They're hardly ever applicable to me, I feel like. So getting rid of them has made me love consuming trashy. I I watch The Bachelor with my girlfriend. (laughs) I watch bad NBC and ABC sitcoms. I watch so much bad TV because it doesn't have commercials anymore. Here's the best thing about TV commercials. You, You mute the commercial you sit you you look around the living room and you have a, a conversation with the people in your family and just when it was about to get to the point where the conversation got awkward or tedious or you were tired of listening to them the show's back on oh show's back on that's got got to watch it's oh. <laughs> there's another option too i still have a tivo i recently bought a tivo romeo the key with buying a tivo by the way is buy one one generation back because you get the best possible deals directly and including like a year of service so i bought like 149 dollar with a year of service TiVo Romeo for a full year. Okay? Yeah, that sounds retro. And it has this wonderful button called skip. And so whenever commercials come on, you hit the button, it goes right to the end of the commercial break. So <laughs> anything that I have used on uh, for the DVR, because I have discovered sometimes trying to watch Netflix or stream uh, Amazon Prime on Friday or Saturday nights can be a painful, painful process with rebuffering. Right. So that's when I switch to my TiVo and what's sitting on the DVR. I don't know what both you have had issues with streaming. I since moving to Seattle, I've never had an issue with slow internet. What? I don't know if it's where I live or something, but I am blessed with occasional drops in resolution, but nothing too crazy. Who's I, your ISP? I'm a Comcast subscriber. I live in the South Seattle, so maybe uh, I'm on a better. Uh, wow, that's not my loop. experience at all. I have Me such neither. good. I mean, I've had issues with Comcast, like when I had to return my little cable box, which I bought but never hooked up. Um, that was not a good experience. But the internet has been super solid. I'm curious, and Monica, maybe you're going to get into this later, but what kind of hardware do you actually use to stream? So you're streaming Hulu. How, do, are, how I, are you actually getting it? Right. Everything is hardwired. So it goes from the wall into my modem, into my oh. Wi-Fi box, and then into my Xbox all through cable and then Ethernet ports. So you're not uh, taking the signal over the air to I'm, your device. Yeah, I'm device. not doing anything over Wi-Fi. Although I do also stream Netflix at night, like in my room. If my girlfriend is watching another episode of The Bachelor, then I just can't stand it. Um, I'll, I'll head to the bedroom maybe and put something on Hulu. But it's even, even then, it's not a big issue. I'm using a wireless end network, and that's uh, probably the problem is everybody else in my neighborhood might also be on Wi-Fi at the same time. So there's probably interference between me and everybody else, as well as extra demand on the bandwidth from Comcast coming from the head. But how are you capturing it at the TV? Is it, uh, or do you have a smart TV? 
Yeah, I have a smart TV. I also The smart TV has little uh, apps, which is confusing. The TiVo has apps, which is confusing. My Sony Blu-ray player has its own set of apps, which is confusing. So actually, depending on the experience with the built-in app and which is the optimized Netflix app or the optimized Hulu Plus app, that's the app I use and the input I change to. Welcome to the future. So I'm using a Fire TV stick or my Xbox 360. Did I mention I also have a Chromecast? <laughs> and, and a Chromecast, right. What are you using? So we, right now in our house, we have um, in the living room on the big TV, a Chromecast, and then in my bedroom, an Apple TV. And I really think, having tried a lot of these, that the Chromecast is absolutely the best one. And I'll give you an example last night. Like, it can be used in so many ways. It's the fastest. It's cheap. It's powerful. Last night, I was hanging out in a big group of friends, and you know, it was all after dinner. We were sitting in the living room, and everyone from their cell phones could instantly put YouTube videos on just to watch. And it was like fun and social and interactive. And the queue can bounce from person to person. It was totally seamless. I'll tell you, you mentioned YouTube. That is the other trick. If, if you're getting the YouTube app through the Xbox interface or Fire TV, the programs on there, it's straight from the providers. You know, we like the voice and um, the, the music program. And we just we basically catch up on the voice through individual YouTube clips. And we feel like we've probably seen the show in a much more streamlined and efficient way than we ever could by watching the entire thing. John Oliver, similarly, if you don't have HBO and you want to see John Oliver, it's great to watch it on YouTube. Yep. I do have to say the switching interfaces between Netflix or Prime or HBO, that is the worst part of ditching cable because my mind just doesn't quite – it can maybe hold two at a time, but switching to third – like Amazon Prime is probably my least used service – and switching to Prime, I'm like, how how do I get around this again? And some of the uh, apps on the Xbox One are just terrible, too. They're slow. They don't refresh often enough. Hulu is the worst one on that front. And then there's the remote problem. We've got at least five remotes in the living room at oh, this point. See, Three for you, Frank. I, I just talked to my Xbox. So. Oh, that, I can't. I think that is so artificial. It is so awesome. I don't care. <laughs> Go ahead. I love talking to my Xbox. I do it every single day. Like, oh, that's that's my main interaction really? is and talking to it. With people in general? <laughs> <laughs> so this gets into something that I, I – it's, it's complicated right now. Cutting the cord is very complicated. You have a million different streaming services. You have different hardware that you need to use. It's definitely in its nascent, this idea, and it hasn't been streamlined. But I really do think as more people do it, and especially if sports becomes unbundled, it's going to become a lot more streamlined and more of the norm. And if you guys agree with me, I'm curious to, th- to hear if you guys think that Comcast and these other big cable companies are really going to suffer. Well, I think Comcast is just making us suffer, and then maybe maybe it'll be time for some payback at some point. But honestly, I think that the fact that it's difficult to do always will argue for someone to aggregate and make it simpler to do for a small premium. And I suspect that's that's what we've seen happen in many, many other types of services, many other type forms of media, that eventually somebody manages to bundle things together in a new way, and it just happens to be exactly what you want, so you're willing to pay a slight bit more money, even if it doesn't come over cable. I agree. I think uh, – as more and more people are learning about kind of the background behind cable, I think we might see some pushback from that front, too, that may uh, ease the transition away from these uh, big monopolies. You know, I think a lot of the potential is shown in Sling TV, which is from Dish Networks, and that's the service I mentioned earlier. And the, the problem that I have with, their, with them is just the interface is, is subpar. It's, it's not up to what I would want, and it's, I find it confusing, and I'll often, uh, I'll often turn it off because it's so hard to navigate, combined with the whole problem with streaming and the buffering that I get on it. 
Okay, so now I'm going to split our would you ever segment into two questions since we fall along different lines for this issue. So, Frank, I'll start with you. Would you ever cut the cord and what would it take? Yes, I would cut the cord. It would take an alternative form of really good high-speed internet because I don't want to deal with Comcast ever if I can avoid it, to be honest, unless Comcast suddenly decides to get nice (laughs) all the way around and do everything we've talked about. But, yeah, I would cut the cord. And, honestly, the only reason I get the extra channels – broadcast channels through Comcast is because it's so cheap to do it. Effectively, I have between Netflix, Amazon Prime, and everything else. Those are my main viewing sources. All right. Now, James and Todd, would you ever go back to cable? Well, back to is uh, not really an issue for me, but I I don't think I'd ever start a cable uh, subscription really now. I I don't think uh, it's in the cards for me. I just don't have, like, even with sports, I don't have a reason to see live TV. Yes, I would go back to cable if they offered true a la carte. If you could simply say, I want these three networks, I want this cable channel, and that's it. And, you know, I want ESPN, CNN, the major networks, and, you know, uh, HDTV. <laughs> you know, I, that that I would do if it was priced appropriately. And frankly, I think that's where the cable companies need to go if they want to survive long term. Well, I think that's a great note to end on, and this is all the time that we have. I want to thank our guests, Todd Bishop, Frank Catalano, and James Risley, for being here. To hear more, go to geekwire.com slash generation app, and be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. I'm your host, Monica Nicholsberg, and I hope you'll tune in next week to hear about Tinder. Ooh, Tinder. (laughs) It's going to be good. (laughs) Why didn't you have us on for Tinder? (laughs) I I know why I'm not on for Tinder. So does my wife. (laughs) 